Are you ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again? It's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. So I have a confession. I can get really angry. I mean, I can get so batshit angry that I want to tear someone's hair out. The fact is that even as a happiness expert, I got a lot of darkness. And my guess is maybe you do too, because our darkness is human. And this past weekend, I faced and I owned my darkness rather than what I usually do, trying to push it away or pretend it isn't there or just get rid of it. I owned it. And I am so clear on the value of owning all of our emotions and that that is the only way to thrive. That is the only way to actually use your darkness in order to have light. That is the only way in order to feel super happy in life. You gotta feel it. And so this weekend, I not only faced my darkness, but I owned it. Girl, I got angry, really angry. And I felt my grief deeply. I cried and I wailed about how unfair it is that I had two miscarriages when I would make a great mom and my husband would make a great dad while half of the pregnancies in the United States are unplanned and many of the parents don't even want the child. So I got angry and I got sad. And it was the best thing I could have done. Because this weekend, with the help of incredible other powerful women and with the help of my new mentor, I learned and I remembered how healthy anger can be when we know what to do with it. And that is what today's Purpose Girl podcast is all about. Today is all about the truth of our dark side and how you need to actually feel it. And I'm going to show you how to feel it and what to do with it so that you use that darkness to be the light. You use that darkness and you actually feel it to be the woman that you were born to be. As women, we have been told to keep a lid on our darkness, right? Like nice girls don't say fuck you. And nice girls smile and people, I remember walking down the street one day in Miami and I must've been angry about something. And some guy yells to me, smile, you're prettier when you smile. Well, screw you. I'm pretty as I am always. But I believed this for so long. We were told nice girls don't get angry. We were told it's not polite. We were told to get over it. Women have been called emotional. God, I was thinking about this. Like all of the things that we have been told, you're too emotional. You're indecisive. You're too moody. Those are fundamental parts of actually being woman. Because women 
We are the full range of emotions. We are the color. We are the creators. And you cannot have morning unless you had night before it. You cannot have darkness unless the light preceded it. You, you cannot have the moon, the sun without the moon. I mean, the, the light and the dark go together. And we cannot experience light. We cannot experience the full joy that is our birthright unless we also allow ourselves to experience the darkness and the pain. Because there is no amount of science that I can teach you. There is no amount of coaching that I could do for you that would take away pain. Pain is an inevitable part of life. In our lifetime, someone we love will get ill. In our lifetime, people we love will die. In our lifetime, we will have heartbreak. In our lifetime, we have pain. It is part of life. And so when we just try to squelch it down and smile, all we're doing is having it build up in our body and that becomes unhealthy, right? When you bottle up your anger or you bottle up your grief, eventually it just explodes. But then what does it do? It explodes like freaking firecrackers on someone. You take it out on your husband or you take it out in temper at your child. I have a client who has said to me, God, I just want to get rid of this anger because I am just so temperamental with my children. And it's like, love, you don't have to get rid of your anger. We simply have to redirect it. Or another client of mine who has built up her belly, right? She has all this weight she doesn't want to be in. But the weight is directly proportional to how much she has stuffed down her feelings because feelings were not allowed in her family. Feelings were not allowed. And that's what happens is that you bottle up, we bottle up these emotions and then it becomes weight around your belly that you don't want or it becomes a disease like depression or anxiety or irritable bowel syndrome or heart disease which is the leading cause or one of the leading causes of death for women. When you stuff down your quote unquote dark emotions, all they do is yell louder until you have to listen. When you stuff them down, they just yell louder. You know, squelching an emotion is like playing that whack-a-mole game at a fair. You know that game where, you know, the heads bob up and you've got a certain amount of time. You've got like these mallets in your hand and like this head bobs out of a hole and you've got to squash that bobbing head. And then as soon as you bob down, you know, you, mallet, you use your mallet and you push down one, two more come up and you push down one and two more come up. Emotions are the same. If you ignore them, they just yell louder and louder and louder because an emotion is a part of you that needs to be expressed. I will repeat that. An emotion is a part of you that needs to be expressed. You have that emotion because some part of you is begging you to pay attention to it. Maybe you have a fear that you won't be heard, right? So when you are at a business meeting and everyone else is speaking loudly and you're starting to get angry or you're starting to get sad, 
what's going on there is that there is a fear that you won't get your voice heard or you won't be supported or you won't be loved. And this happens all the time, that there is that younger part of us that may be learned, don't speak unless you're spoken to, or that learned what I have to say isn't important. And so you hold it back, but then everybody else, you know, speaks as loudly as they want to, and then you can get angry, you can get sad. So every emotion you have is a part of you that needs to be expressed, right? There is this fear that you won't be heard or you won't be loved or you won't be supported. And you have to get to the heart of what is that need, right? Because when you embrace all of your emotions, when you love them, when you listen to them and the message that they have for you, if you give them voice and space and healthy movement, then you can move through them. So as an example, a client of mine was getting so angry with the men in her life, right? There was a man at work who was just constantly speaking over her. And then at home, her partner was never asking how her day was. And she was getting angry and she was getting angry. Well, I would be too if my voice was never heard and no one wanted to hear what I had to say. And so that need that was inside of her was the need to be heard. And when we actually looked at her life and why she wasn't just speaking and sharing her day before waiting to be asked, she had these messages her whole life that she should be quiet. She was more lovable if, you know, she should just be cute and small and not say anything. And so there is a deep fear inside of her that she is only lovable if she's quiet and that that is a deep need in her to be heard. And so we all have this. And this is why we actually have to express our emotions because if we're not expressing our emotions, they just yell louder and louder and louder until it becomes a disease. I got shingles at 34 years old. I spoke about this on the first episode of the podcast. You can go back and listen to it. And I know that that shingle showed up in my body because I had a need to be doing this work in the world. And what I was doing was allowing fear to take over. And I had become so sad. It was sad that I wasn't pursuing my dream. But I just tried to brush the sadness away. Oh, I don't really want it. I would tell myself, oh, it's not that important. Oh, my life is fine as it is. I'm so blessed. I've got all these good things. And I was. I had a lot of good things. I had a great job. Absolutely. And so the sadness was like, but I'm trying to tell you that you have a desire here. And when I didn't listen to the sadness, then it became depression. And then it was hard to get out of bed. Then I started seeing everyone as kind of out to get me. And I tried to fight that. No, just be happy. Just get it together, Karen. I tried to take medicine, right? Pills to just stuff it down. And when that didn't work, the emotion was still there saying, but we want to be out in the world empowering women. And so when that stuffing down and that depression didn't work, right, that was my voice speaking louder to me. And again, I wasn't listening. Then I got shingles, right? The shingles then showed up on my body saying, hey, are you going to listen to me now that there is something that you're wanting and you're not paying attention? Right? So this is what happens when you ignore 
the messages, when you ignore the emotions, they just yell louder and louder and louder. And the fact is that there is no emotion that is good or bad. Emotions just are. Every emotion is valuable because emotions are information. They tell you something. They tell you that something is missing or that you're desiring something or that you need something. For example, if you're angry at your husband for not remembering your anniversary, what you're desiring is that he celebrates your marriage. When you're sad that your cat is ill and might pass away, what you're desiring is connection and you love that cat. Right? When you're jealous of someone, you are desiring something that they have. But what do we do? We say, I'm not supposed to be jealous. I'm supposed to just want good for everybody. Yes, we do. We should want good for everybody. Absolutely. And your jealousy is telling you something. Someone recently shared with me that she was jealous of me. Actually, what she first shared was that she was really frustrated with me. She was annoyed with me. She thought maybe I had a big ego. And then as she started talking to me, she said, you know what? I'm just jealous. But then she couldn't figure out her jealousy because she's like, I don't want your career. And she doesn't want my husband or the house I live in. But after talking about it, we realized that what she really wants is to speak her voice. She wants to be seen in her truth. And I do that a lot through the podcast, on social media, speaking. And so she was seeing, well, there she is doing another podcast and thinking it was ego, but really it's that she was jealous that I was speaking my truth and she wants to speak hers. And we had this beautiful connection over it. Every emotion is there as information. In fact, Harvard Medical School professor and psychologist Susan David wrote this incredible book called Emotional Agility, Get Unstuck, Embrace Change, and Thrive in Work and Life. And she actually talks about how we need to pay close, close attention to all of our internal experiences, right? She does talk about detaching from it, and I'm going to share more about that in a moment. But she says that we really need to be paying attention to our steady stream of thoughts, to our feelings, to that personal narrative, because it's our best teacher. So if you have the thought, like this woman did with me, that so-and-so has an ego and you're so annoyed and you hear that in your mind, you can either allow that thought to bring you down and to get you really frustrated and angry with the person, or you can say, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this emotion and I'm going to learn about it. What's going on here for me? right? Our emotions actually become our best teachers. They reveal what we value most. And maybe you would value humility most. And so you're learning from someone who does speak about themselves. You know what? I value humility and that's how I want to live my life. Or maybe you realize I value speaking up and you're envious and you want to also speak up. There's no one right answer or one right value, but every emotion you have reveals what you value most. And when you know your values, then you can act on them and evolve into your best self. And so emotions like grief and anger 
And sadness and guilt actually can be beacons for your values, she says. Right? She talks about how we only get angry if we actually care about it. You only get angry that your husband missed your anniversary or didn't throw you a big celebration because you value celebration or because you value your marriage, because you value being seen and being loved. And so you can take your genuine emotion and rather than stuffing it down or rather than trying to convince yourself that you shouldn't be angry or you shouldn't have your emotion, rather you choose to listen to it, to get curious about it and learn about yourself. Because every emotion, every internal thought you have has information for you about how to live your best life, how to be your best, how to be the woman that you were born to be. And when you are the woman you were born to be, as we are all on that journey, and we're all on that journey, that's when we become our happiest, most purposeful self. Researcher Barb Fredrickson, who is the pioneer of understanding the science of positive emotions, like from an evolutionary perspective, why we have joy and why we have curiosity and why we have excitement. She has a simple formula to look at every emotion. When I feel blank, I do blank, right? So when I feel X, I do Y. And each of us has a different reaction. But as an example, when I feel sad, I withdraw, right? I don't know about you guys, but when I feel really sad, I don't call people back. I don't engage. I withdraw because I'm feeling so much loss. And part of me is probably embarrassed that I don't want people to hear my sadness and I don't want to be a burden to other people. Another example, when I feel angry, I want to fight, right? That's because you feel violated. When you feel violated, we have a natural fight flight response that makes you, you elicit that anger. Your body feels that anger. Your brain has a limbic system, which creates the experience of anger so that you can have the fight flight experience. So when you feel angry, you want to fight. Or you might be somebody when you feel angry, then you withdraw, either way. And the same works in the positive. When I feel happy, I smile. Right? It's just a natural reaction. I was just visiting with a friend earlier today who just got a puppy and the smile was so big on her face. She has wanted a puppy for like two years. Right? So when you feel happy, you smile. Or when I feel excited, my heart flitters and I jump up and down. You have emotions because it's telling your body to do something. Right? Every emotion we have is just information that is telling us do something, do something, right? That when I feel excited, I jump up and down and then I am motivated to do whatever I want to do. So every emotion is information and the quote unquote negative emotions like anger and jealousy and grief, they prepare you for that fight flight response for survival. And what we now know because of Barb Fredrickson's work is that the positive emotions like joy and excitement and serenity, what they do is they actually help us be more creative. They help us make more connections, something that she calls broaden and build. Because when you're in a positive state of mind, you actually have greater peripheral vision. You actually can see more. Your brain can make more connections. And so many women I know just want to be the light, just want to be joy. I don't want to feel any anger. I don't want to feel any sadness. And more than that, I think we've been told that we shouldn't, right? Like I mentioned, 
that was not the first time. The story I told you when I was walking in Miami and some dude said to me, smile, you're prettier when you smile. That was not the first time I had heard that. Right? We're told, turn that frown upside down. And sometimes in the field of happiness, it might seem like what I am saying or my colleagues are saying is just be happy. Well, no more. Because that is not good advice. We have our quote-unquote negative emotions for a reason. Yes, the light is beautiful. And so is the darkness. Because it's information. The key is that we don't want to stay stuck in the darkness. We don't want it to consume our lives and take over and take us down into a barrel where we are all out depressed or all out in rage on the world. But it is human to have dark emotions. It is normal and you have permission to be human. In fact, the more you give yourself permission to be human, the happier you will be the more on purpose you will live. It's so funny because the dark emotions are actually stronger than the light ones for good reason, right? Our ancestors, when they were surviving thousands and thousands of years ago, they had to be on the lookout for threat. They had to look at every berry and wonder, is that poisonous? They had to look at, you know, seeing new people and wonder, is that tribe going to kill our tribe? So, The dark feelings of worry, of fear, they're actually normal and they are stronger, right? They're stronger. If you have a fight with your wife today and you have for the rest of the week only positive interactions and love, that fight is going to stick out to you stronger than all of the loving moments. It's called negativity bias and I've talked about it before on the podcast and I know it will come up again. That negativity bias is there for a reason. It alerts us to pay attention to what is around us, to pay attention in case there is danger and threat. And so we need the dark too. Again, the key is to not get stuck in it. And in a moment, I'm going to share with you how. Authors and psychologists Todd Cashton and Robert B. Swastiner wrote a great book called The Upside of the Dark Side. These are actually two positive psychologists, so they are in my field, leading psychologists, leading positive psychologists, the science of happiness. But they realized that there was so much emphasis being put into just the positive emotions and just be happy, that they wanted to also point out in this book, The Upside of the Dark Side, that we also need to understand the value of our quote unquote negative emotions, right? Anger motivates you to act to defend yourself and defend your family. Anxiety can have you look out for maybe a mistake that you're about to make or a risk that maybe you don't want to take. And they say that when you intentionally try to just become happy, it backfires and actually makes you less happy because then you aren't paying attention to the information underneath. And we need to pay attention to that information. One of my favorite examples is that if you are walking alone at night down a dark alley, tonight you're walking alone after work, dark alley, and you hear someone running behind you, I want your quote unquote dark emotion of fear to pop up into your body and create that cortisol that will give you the adrenaline to run. 
but it's knowing when is that dark emotion serving you and when is it not serving you and knowing what to do with it. The number one thing is to not hide any of the dark emotions because if you hide it, if you squelch it, like I said, it will inevitably come back in some other way and it will inevitably hide your light because a lot of the light actually comes from the dark, right? So when you go through, when I went through my miscarriage, that pain actually led to a lot of light because it helped me to reach out and lean on friends and strengthen relationships because it helped me to go deep into my other desires in life. It helped to create meaning. It helped to show me how strong I am. It gave me wisdom that I could then share with other clients and friends who have been through miscarriages. So it actually helped me be happier and on purpose. So if you hide your darkness, you are inevitably going to hide your light. You can't squash down any part of you and expect to still be the full range of your joy. Just like nature where there is night and there is day, you also have night and day. So we can't squash down, if you squash down any part of you, if you're squashing down your creativity right now and there's this artist inside of you and you're wanting to paint but you're not doing it, you will not be as fully present in any other part of your life because you're squashing down your creativity. You won't be as present as a mom. You won't be as present at your day job. So if you squash down any part of you, your emotion of any kind, you're not going to be the full self. And what we're talking about here, to be the fabulous, brilliant, bold, beautiful, happy, purposeful woman you were born to be is to be a whole woman. The whole woman, all of you your sexiest, most sensual self, your wisest, most mature self, your fiery warrior self, your loving mother self, whether you have kids or not, your compassionate friend, sister self. The problem is, is that we get sucked into the dark and then we let it sit and grow into like huge tumors that eat up our lives. That's the only problem with the dark side here is that we're letting our frustration turn into bitterness, right? You're frustrated with a friend and then over time you just become bitter and bitter and resentful and then eventually it blows up and it ruins that friendship. Or you let frustration turn into bitterness and ruin your marriage. Or you let anger over something that happened with a child, you stuff it down and then at some point you lose your temper and it becomes all out rage. And then you end up feeling like a lunatic because you are erupting at other people. And then you're just mad at yourself and down on yourself, right? Or if you're sad about something, it becomes all out depression if you don't address the sadness, if you don't allow yourself the grief, all of the grief, it becomes all out depression for years. So rather than squash an emotion, what you actually need to do is to feel it. This is so much healthier. Not feel it at somebody, but feel it. In fact, a research study that came out in August of 2017, led by Maya Tamir, Dr. Maya Tamir, who's a psychology professor at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, she actually did a cross-cultural study that included more than 2,000 people in eight countries, from the U.S. to Brazil to China and Germany, Poland, Singapore, Israel, Ghana, all over the world. And she wanted to understand the experience of pleasant emotions and unpleasant emotions. 
And what she found is that across cultures, happier people were those who more often expressed the emotions that they wanted to express, whether they were pleasant or unpleasant. In other words, those who squashed down the emotions that they didn't want to feel, they weren't as happy. So it is important to feel your emotion. Accept it as human. Accept it as normal. So the key here, again, is to not feel it all the time or not dwell in it. In fact, you only tend to dwell in it if, if you aren't appropriately working with it, right? We want to feel it, but you don't want to dwell in it. Because anger, as an example, can raise your risk of heart disease, right? It, it occurs, if it occurs frequently at high levels, what you're doing there is you're creating so much cortisol in your body, which becomes poison. Cortisol was only meant to last in your body for the 90-second fight-flight response. But we're stressed so much, or we're angry so much, that then it's that cortisol becomes poison to our digestive system. It creates immune issues. But that's not going to happen if you let yourself feel it for those 90 seconds. If you feel it and you work with it, then you can actually move it out, right? It's allowing yourself the permission. And what you want to do when you have the anger or you have the sadness or you have the guilt is to feel it and let your body feel it. So you go into a bathroom or you go into your bedroom and you close the door and you let your whole body feel that anger. Maybe you have a two-minute temper tantrum like a two-year-old would. You stomp your feet, you scream. One of the exercises I do with clients is I take them into the woods, I should say with clients and myself, and scream. Get the scream out. Also, I've done it where I've taken a bat. I did this with my miscarriages and I've done it with several clients, taking a bat into the woods and finding a dead tree. It's got to be dead, totally dead. And asking that dead tree, can I hit you in order to work out some of this anger? And listen if the tree says yes or no. And if not, you can do it on a pillow or anything. And then I take that bat and I hit it and I get it out 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 until I exhaust it out of my body. My new mentor, Regina Thomashauer, she talks about dancing it out, turning on the sad song and letting your whole body move to it or turning on a song that's about anger and moving to it. You let it run through your body and then you use it to be part of a new narrative in your life. If you walk around for 10 years saying your ex-husband was an asshole and you're just walking around, he's an asshole, he's an asshole for 10 years and you're wallowing it while he's like having a ball and taking new women out overseas on trips and to dinner, you're just going to be bitter and angry and that's negative. But if you feel it, if you move it through your body and then you turn it into a new story, that is how to work with the dark emotion. You write a new story. And here's what that sounds like. Instead of wallowing for 10 years about your husband being such a jerk, a new story sounds like my husband was a jerk. And thank God I figured that out because I deserve better. And what I desire in a husband, what I desire in a marriage 
is someone who respects me and loves me and showers me with yummy attention. So you flip it, you write a new chapter, right? Every story can have a new chapter. The best movies don't end with someone just wallowing, depressed and miserable and ill after 10 years of being bitter. No, the best stories have someone go to their darkness, go to the worst moment of their lives. And then they write the next chapter, then they shift out of it and they say, that has given me courage to live better. That situation has taught me what I want in relationships. That situation has shown me what my life purpose is. That situation has given me strength and wisdom. That situation is opening new doors. One door closing means a new door opens for something even better. Dan McAdams, a psychologist, has done wonderful research in how we tell the story of our lives. And he has shown in research studies that if you tell the story of your life from what he calls a redemptive perspective, a redemptive narrative, in other words, you find the value of that story happening for you, right? Things do not happen to you, they happen for you. This is not putting lipstick on a pig, it's adding the next chapter. And when you do that, when you tell your story from this redemptive perspective, when you add the next chapter that is about how this situation in life brought you courage and strength and helped you to reach new heights, now you have taken ownership of your life. Now you have control of your life. Now you're a fucking rock star. Now you can live your life happy fulfilled on purpose. Listen, this is imperative if you want to be a woman living on purpose. You want to be a woman living your happiest life. This is imperative for men too. We take the stories of our lives and we write the next chapter. I'll tell you, after I got divorced at the ripe age of 26, I was so down on myself. I spent about five years being so mad at myself about getting married so young. How could I have gotten married so young? Why did I do that to myself? Oh, because now I can never change it. Now I will always be a divorcee. I can never change it. I was so mad at myself. Why did I marry the person I married? What is wrong with me? Why didn't I see it? We used to fight all the time before we got married. Well, spending five years Going over that and over that and over that in my head is only making myself more miserable. It was. This is years ago. Right? So when I talk about that the dark side, we want to feel it. That isn't, that's feeling it, but that's allowing it then to ruin my life. That's allowing it to control me. Rather, what I ended up doing after about five years and beginning my own spiritual journey, my own journey to happiness I got in touch with the girl that fell in love with him. I was 18 when I met my first husband. He used to deliver roses to my dorm room every week or every two weeks. He took me to all the nicest restaurants on our college campus. He took me on rowboats and got me little stuffed animals. I was in love. Of course I loved him. 
And I also remembered my 18-year-old self had come out of an abusive relationship in high school where my first love used to hit me. And so, of course, when I got to college and met this tall, handsome, broad-shouldered, beautiful man, of course, I was going to fall in love with him. He was my savior. He was my Prince Charming. And so even when we were fighting before we got married, there was nothing that was going to stop me from marrying my Prince Charming. So I got in touch with that younger self and had so much love and compassion for her and how much she loved, loved, and how much she wanted this to work. And when I did that, I was no longer angry with her. And I was no longer angry with myself. I loved myself for marrying him. That was exactly the right decision at the time. And it was exactly the right decision at the time to divorce him when I did. And then I used that experience to say, what do I want in an adult relationship? What is the right kind of marriage for me? What do I want in life? Who is the right life partner? Because he's a wonderful man, my first husband. But we want different things out of life, which we only could have realized when we were adults. So I use that story to write a new story. And the new story is my 18-year-old self was hopelessly, or shall I say hopefully, in love. She married her Prince Charming. It turns out that they wanted different things as adults. And then she decided with strength and courage to change her life and determine what it is that she wanted. And then she created the life that she wanted. She moved to the city that she wanted. She pursued the career that she wanted. She found a relationship, a partner, a husband that wanted the same things as her. And that is how you write a new chapter, right? Writing that new chapter about why this was the best thing that could have happened to you. That is how you turn that darkness into light. You must find why that is happening for you. Now, this is not always easy. I don't really have great answers for why my miscarriages happened to me. I don't have a great answer for why a dear friend of mine's sibling died at such a young age. I don't have great answers if your child died. You deserve, if those things happen, you deserve your time of anger. You deserve your time of grief. What I don't want to see you do is stuff it down and pretend it's not there. I also don't want to see it come out later as eruption, bitterness, wallowing 10 years of depression. Rather, I want you to feel it and feel it completely and feel it in a way where you are self-compassionate and loving with yourself. And in time, then I want you to write the next chapter of how this experience has given you grace, how this experience has given you courage, how this experience has given you resilience, how this experience has shown you purpose. And that is how you move with the darkness. And this is so important because the more you honor your darkness, the more you can feel your light. There is so much light in the darkness. In fact, remember, we have to go through night in order to get through day. 
And this is our opportunity, all of us. And so I want you to feel that emotion. God, it's actually so freaking sexy. I was with 500 women this weekend as we were all embodying our darkness. We were screaming out our anger. We allowed ourselves the temper tantrums. We were feeling our grief and dancing out our grief and holding each other through the cry. And then we were supporting each other in the story. And it is beautiful. God, I actually think darkness is sexy and I am learning how important it is to be a whole woman. Us women, we are so full of beautiful emotion. We are so full of beautiful breadth and depth and story. Every woman alive has stories of heartbreak. Every woman alive has been through trauma and challenge. And it is in all of that that we have so much beauty and grace. It is in all of that that we can shine when we use it for purpose. And so I hope that you love that dark side. You love all of you because that is how we become the happiest, most fulfilled, most on purpose woman that we can be. I want to leave you with these purpose power tips. Number one, take a piece of paper and write down some of your darker feelings, some of the fear, some of the anxiety, some of the pain, some of the anger. Write it down. Acknowledge it, accept it. Say, I have permission to be human, but get it out of your body. Number two, take that list and go move it out. Go take that bat into the woods and find that dead tree and beat it out or take it into the woods and scream your head off. Take it into the bathroom and have a temper tantrum. Dance it out. Do something to get it out of your body. And then number three, ask yourself, where's the redemption in it? How has this happened for you? Why was this the best thing that could have happened for you? And I'm not saying that those answers are always easy. So maybe we don't say the best thing, but why was this part of your life? One of my students, one of my former students, lost a daughter. And I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine losing a child. And she is such light, this student of mine, for how this experience has strengthened her and how it is even strengthening her other children. In fact, one of her other children was just the speaker at her college graduation. And her daughter spoke of this darkness, of this pain, of her sister dying and what it taught her. And so sometimes we have to have the worst things in life happen to us for us to find that depth of light within. And I promise you, as you love the whole woman that you are, as you embrace and you honor your whole sexy self, you might even want to wear some costumes around your darkness. So I'm thinking of going to buy some black leather, just like really allow myself when I'm in that space, let myself be that person. And then rather than taking it out on my husband or taking it out on someone else, creating the space in my life to take it out 
and then to find the new story. Because we all know that the best movies, the best books, the best TED Talks, all have that next chapter written about how they came through and used their darkness for light. So with that, I hope that you have a beautiful day. I hope that you love your whole darn self. I hope that you live your purpose and you love your life. Bye for now. And of course, for more episodes of the podcast and to get on my list where I send out weekly tips and tools and to find out about my upcoming retreats and different programs, please go to PurposeGirl.com and sign up to get your Living on Purpose guide and you will get all of the information from me coming to you. And as usual, if you like this podcast, if you loved it, please download it, subscribe to it, send it to a friend who's going through a depression, going through some anger, going through grief. Share the love and let's build a community of badass women who are living on purpose and living our best lives. I love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.